All right, welcome to this edition of Breaking Absolutes. This is Peter Arulian. Uh, I'm excited today to be able to uh, have a conversation with uh, Dino Jalusic. Um, when when I had reached out and to to set this time up, uh, I had no idea. I'm not sure Dino did. I guess we'll talk about that. Uh, that he would end up getting the nod to become uh, the newest member of White Snake, which is like just sort of earth shaking news and really really cool and actually really, really deserved. And part of the conversation we'll have, I think bears that out. Um, if you haven't taken a chance in order for us to continue to bring you these kinds of guests, give us a follow, a subscribe, um, gives us a chance to continue momentum on this idea we have that this style of music um, deserves a, a, a deeper discussion and a broader audience. And the idea is we can dimensionalize artists like Dino in order to do precisely that. Um, a little bit about Dino before I bring him on. Um, some folks will know, have followed him long enough to have seen him, a band he founded and was the central songwriter for Animal Drive, who released some things, we'll talk about that. Um, many folks, of course, know him from his work with Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Uh, I, in fact, have seen him a number of times on, on that tour. Um, he's just, he's so on live, and we'll talk a little bit about his vocal approach. Um, he did a great record with uh, George Lynch. Um, I've got a funny story about that. Maybe Dino's heard it, but I'm going to share it because I think it's really hysterical. And the guy has just worked with the who's who in the industry. Um, Gus G, who we had on the show yesterday, Jeff Scott Soto, Dean Castanova, uh, Joel Hoekstra. The, the list really goes on and on. And we'll point you to a place where you can get a, a sense of the breadth of uh, the musicians and the caliber, caliber of musicians that he has played with. Um, a couple of other really, I think, meaningful sparklers that set up the journey that, that I think um, validates my comment about him having earned all of the things that are now coming you know, to fruition for him. He earned a master's degree uh, at the Academy of Music um, at the University of Zagreb, and he'll keep me honest on pronunciations here because that is my weak suit. Um, he was the first winner of the Junior Eurovision Song Contest. Um, he's placed in, I mean, there's almost more of these than, than I can name, but he, he has been active in going to festivals where he competes as, a, as both a performer and as a songwriter and has taken away so many awards. Um, and we'll point you to that so you can get a, a sense of the depth of um, the career in terms of his, um, his competitive nature and how he's performed there. Um, but let me leave that as the setup and bring the man on himself and we'll get going with our conversation. Dino, welcome. Hey, what's up? What's up? So, nice uh, intro. Oh, thanks. I, I'm, I'm really pleased that this worked out the way it did since the big news hit yesterday. Um, and yeah, yeah. you told me you're it's getting tough. calls off the hook. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah. The, the, today and yesterday have been just crazy and I, I really haven't slept. I haven't, I didn't eat too much today. I've been recording something. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I knew about this for a while, but still, you know, when it happened, it's just kind of surreal. I mean, yeah. it's not kind of surreal. It, it, it is surreal because it's, you know, the band I grew up listening to and all, all, all of a sudden I get a call from, you know, David, you know, he wants me in the band and I'm like, why do you want me in the band? I'm a singer. He's <laughs> like, yeah, but you know, you can sing, you know, but you also play keyboards, you play guitars, you know, I want all of, all of your sides in the band. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm not going to say no to that, you know? Yeah. So yeah. It is like you're living the exact rock star, star dream. Uh, the movie's been made about this kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, rock star Mark Wahlberg. Right. Yeah, we all we all watched it. We all did. Yeah, yeah. we all got chills when he finally like nailed the tune and and got the nod. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I've talked about that moment of cinema quite a few times, but if you're a if you're a musician that has been striving for against its, its music dream, you can't help but just like get the chills at that moment. Um, so oh, I yeah. can imagine only imagine what you must be going through right now, which is you know. Um, congratulations, it's, man. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I'll be getting messages and all of a sudden I, I get a message from David. He's like, are you, are you celebrating, Dino? Are you, are you celebrating this moment? And I'm like, David, I've, I've been celebrating this. The, 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 the fact that you've been sending me messages, you know, how can I not celebrate being in White Snake? So it's, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, it's cool. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about that as kind of a crown to the conversation, but there's there's so much more to you. Uh, and I think a lot of that probably is what eventuated in in this this opportunity. 
Um, I want to talk about kind of start way back. You, um, your parents were musical and they had you performing at a very young age, right? Yeah. Well, my father was a guitar player in, in a very famous pop rock band in the, in the, in the eighties. And he really was the guy that, that influenced me the most. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, we had a, a cassette and, uh, that cassette had Arden Maiden, Van Halen, early Bon Jovi, Whitesnake, ZZ Top, uh, Jeff Healy, uh, T-Rex. Then there was uh, another cassette that uh, had Cher, Phil Collins, Toto, um, Gino Vanelli, uh, Chicago, Rush, Yes. So I kind of picked up all the rock, heavy, prog, fusion, pop, 80s pop, uh, rock stuff. Yeah. And, you know, then high school came. Well, I kind of jumped to high school, but that's where I discovered metal, you know, Pantera kind of introduced me to, to all the metal that I started to like, you know, after that, you know, Lamb of God, Gojira, Slipknot, you know, and then there was Dream Theater kind of introduced me into uh, prog metal. And, you know, it's, you know, the, the older I was, it was not like, okay, I'm going to dismiss all the music that I've been listening. It's let's add this new metal stuff to all the stuff that I've been already listening to. And yeah. And, uh, I started playing keyboards when I was uh, nine, so 2001. Um, I started playing guitar actually pretty late, and my father never showed me anything, so I was pretty much playing everything my, by myself, uh, practicing by myself. The bass came a couple of years ago, but I really started playing bass actively. Uh, but I I've been singing since 1996, so yeah. yeah. Well, and one of the things like that struck me is, is um, in addition to these influences, and the performance angle, you started songwriting at a very young age, which is a little bit rarer in my experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, you you got to start writing songs when you're a kid, when you're young, because, you know, in the, in the beginning, you're going to suck. So <laughs> if, you, if you start as a kid, you're allowed to suck. If you start um, when you're old and you start to suck, it's, it's not going to look good. So... Uh, yeah, uh, and I wrote a pretty cool conceptual album when I was uh, 20, 21. It came out in Croatia. It was yeah. really well received, very, um, very interesting story. And uh, yeah, it's, I'm mainly a singer and a songwriter, which is, uh, you know, now that I'm involved with, with Whitesnake, uh, I am uh, none of those. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, a, I'm still a singer, you know, and sure. uh I, I might be was co-writing something in the future, but um, yeah, but you know, I play different instruments. So there's a different shades of me as, as a musician that you can use, you know, I never wanted to rely only on my singing because I, I, I really wanted to rely on, on myself uh, when it comes to everything, you know, mixing, uh, production, writing songs, playing instruments. Because at one point my band couldn't couldn't record for me, because uh, they were on different sides of Croatia. So I had to do everything myself. That's where I really got into you know guitars and bass. I was like you know I gotta track this you know by myself. So now nowadays if if somebody can't play it, no problem. I played bass on the on the unreleased album of Animal Drive. I played bass. So you know because the bass player couldn't do it, and uh, I said no problem. I'm I'm gonna do it all. So well, yeah. You got to rely on your on, on yourself. Well, let's just while you brought it up, um, I, I noted that there was sort of a parting of the ways with the record company with Animal Drive, and I don't need to get into the the, yeah. the drama there. But you you say you have an entire record written that you wrote with Animal Drive that's unreleased. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's 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 written, it's produced, it's been done for. It's going to be two years now since it's pretty much done, and it's it's absolutely incredible i remember showing it to certain people it's it's proggy it's catchy it's a uh, very king zix meets dream theater meets winger meets pantera meets ellison chains meets toto it's it's it starts with a proggy tune ends with me behind the piano um billy joel type of song in the end and it's 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 crazy good but things start to get ugly um with the record label so you know i don't since since the whole situation ended up on court i really wouldn't like to talk about it because i'm not allowed to but yeah i really wished that things stayed on music and didn't involve 
a business that I hate. So that's what what, what kind of ruined the music, unfortunately. Is, well, can I ask, is, is that music lost forever or will we see it resurface somehow, somewhere? Oh, man, I am not giving up on those songs ever. Even if, if I have to wait uh, 20 years, those songs will come out. It's, it's like, if, if you told me that I have to give up from my apartment or, or that album, I would give up on my apartment right now. It's, it's you know, it's, it's like uh, a baby you're not allowed to show to anybody so it's you know and some people have heard the album everybody's like what is it coming out it's it's amazing i remember when when i was recording keyboards and i got the first mix of uh, of what um the the main uh, so the the album title is called fall the blind man and the song fall the blind man came the mix came and i was playing the intro and jeff scott soto said this is brilliant like who wrote this i'm like I wrote this, I played keyboard on this and this, you know, I also played, you know, guitars on this. He said, this is, this is amazing, but you know, nobody knows that. So it's, yeah. it's kind of frustrating, but as I said, dirty business got involved and um, yeah, until it's settled and uh, resolved, uh, it will be, you know, untouched. Yeah. Well, that, I was, I was kind of perusing some other information about you and there's a note that there was a point where you kind of did despair about the business um, and considered walking away, but it seemed like it was before the drama with the record company. Am I reading that right? And what can you give us any insight into what was, was it just the can, business? Can, can, can you come again? Can you, can you come again? So there was, um, I was reading and there was a note that you had, there was a point in time where you were sort of dis disillusioned about the business and even considering walking away. Is that right? <sighs> Well, I didn't consider walking away. It's, you know, the band pretty much broke up because of uncertain, you know, events. And, um, um, <laughs> you know, it's now if I, if, if I answer this question, I will have to get involved with all the drama and emails okay, I've been do involved with, you know, <laughs> with, with, with Frontiers, which is insane. And at one point, you know, the band, the guys from the band just left. They didn't want to be involved with this. And, I told them the band broke up. They got mad and they took me to court. So it's 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 crazy. It has nothing to do with common sense, if you ask me. And uh, you know, but as I said, I'm not allowed to say anything. Let the let the let the judge decide, and we'll see what happens. But I'm pretty calm, so because yeah. I know I haven't done anything anything wrong. Well, we're uh, we're in your corner. We, I mean, I'm always going to side with the musician. Um, so we'll keep our our good thoughts on your behalf in that whole situation. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um I was I was reading there was a a, a point in in your vocal life where you hit a, a bad stretch and you actually had to have some surgery <coughs> or I think it's called Rinky's edema. Um can you talk to us about that experience? Yeah, that was that was pretty uh, stressful I got to say. Um I I I I lost my voice for the first time ever on a live show. And uh, I was sharing duties with, with a phenomenal singer. He unfortunately doesn't sing anymore. He lives in Germany now. Uh, that guy sounds like the closest I've heard to David Coverdale is that guy. He won uh, like Croatian Idol. He was, he influenced a lot of us in Croatia. His name is Zoran Mišić. And I told him, dude, you know, I, I was doing a maiden tribute gig and I told him, can we share some parts on bring your daughter to the slaughter and all these songs i was like i lost my high range i have no idea what's going on whatsoever and he said you know i have a bad day i can't sing high either so we were both struggling on that night and i was like okay i'm just gonna wake up get some rest and i'll be fine tomorrow but that tomorrow didn't come for months and and and, and my voice wasn't getting back and i was doing all the scans and at one point they said there is something there and uh yeah, I, I ended up on surgery and I was being quiet for two months. And then everything miraculously came back as far as my voice, you know? Yeah. Everything, everything came back and, and it's been better than ever, you know, since that surgery, which was in 2014, November. Oh, September. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, I, yeah. No, go ahead. No, I mean, 2015 was cool, kind of slowly coming back. 2016, I was more coming back that's where tso came 
but 2017, I got really strong. 2018, even stronger. And the peak was 2019. That's where my voice, I was literally able to do. Not that I can't do it today, but no gigs have been. Uh, you yeah. haven't seen any gigs since 2020. So 2019 was like the year where I was pretty invincible. I would do two shows a day with Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And in the middle of the shows, I would be recording vocals for three hours. So that would be about seven hours of singing a day. Yeah, It was like crazy. Once you get that stamina, um, when you tour a lot, it's it's you become pretty much bulletproof if you know what you're doing. So yeah, pretty good year. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, is, is your technique and how you approach voice something that's just grown by emulation and, and self-practice? Or did you do... It, when you when you studied at university, was it was it a vocal performance degree? Like I guess I'm looking at what kind of tr vocal training might you have had? Um, I've had some vocal trainings when I was a kid, uh, but ever since my voice changed, I did everything myself. And I, I got a call from my uh, vocal coach that used to coach me when I was ten. He called me yesterday just to tell me that he's so proud. He says, you know, I'm listening to all these uh, um, videos of you and. Even when you stretch your voice, when you get raspy and everything, he says, you know, I can hear, you know what you're doing. You always come back into the right position. You, your voice sounds healthy, even when you go extreme with your voice. And he says, you know, not many people are able to do it. But, you know, sometimes you got to go off the edge if the song um, needs that, you know, if the emotion is, you know, you can't be technically perfect and just rely on that, then you're just a MIDI file, you know, that's perfect. You know, you, you got to go over the edge and give people that extra, you know, that little thing. But yeah, I mean, I always know where I am at as far as position um, in my voice. And uh, it's important to kind of, you know, save your voice and know what you're doing. Because if you just shout all the time, you're going to lose your voice. And once you shout too much, um, it might do, you know, permanent damage. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's um, that's. I mean, in I've done vocal training, and so when I listen to you sing, it's clear to me you know what you're doing. Uh, and I think it's what's given you both the power and the and the longevity that you describe. You talk about singing the two TSO shows and then doing all the recording because that is a that's a very athletic regimen to have to follow. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I wanted, you alluded to this and I was really excited to talk to you about it because um, my, and this is a personal bias, but in everything you've done, and I've, I've now listened to it all. <laughs> uh, I think, okay. the, I think the favorite, my favorite thing that you did is this concept record. Um, I'm, I'm loath to try and pronounce it because I don't want to slaughter. Oh, you mean the, 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 the Prosho Samsve, yes. that one. Yeah, the, I listened. I didn't understand the lyrics, which uh, I'm really sad about because. But I, but I know the libretto. Like I know the conceit of the story, um, and the music, and the clear emotional content. Uh, how you deliver the story that you're 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 doing with that, both on the compositional side and the vocal side, I think your is my favorite work of yours. Um, wow. Yeah, I think it's Did amazing. Thank you very much. I mean, I, I did not expect that, but it's uh, just sick. Uh, I'm replying to my father. He's asking me if I'm on Zoom. Of course I am. <laughs> I'm a pro. Anyway, yeah, it, uh, that means a lot. Uh, I actually played on two songs from that album. I played all the instruments on, on a couple of songs. And, uh, you know, it's written by myself. And uh, it never really got the attention it deserved. I used a couple of songs on Animal Drive's uh, first record. I used the third song from this one is Fade Away, Fade Away on um, Animal Drive's first record. Deliver Me is also on that record. Um, what else? Well, we were supposed to do song number seven from that album. On We did it for the second Animal, Animal Drive album. It's called The Chaos Master. And it's it, it has a different title in Croatia. Um, anyway, yeah, that album, you know, I was struggling to sing that album because it was, I did vocals a couple of days before my surgery. So I was stretching myself. It's not even so, it's not even high to sing, but for me at that point, it was just, 
almost unbearable to sing anything above F1, which is, you know, probably the lowest note I sing on my live shows. But yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy to hear that you love the love the songwriting. I think the songwriting is the most important thing, you yeah. know, of it all. Yeah, I, you know what, the the longer I've been involved as a musician and around mm -hmm. the industry, I've I've come to know lots and lots of musicians who can hit high notes or they can play a fast arpeggio they can do all that stuff the difference always for me is how they apply that in songwriting and um you you've done tons of really great music i don't want to marginalize the rest of it but there was uh something about the emotional quotient in in that record that i think is um under sort of appreciated um i'm wondering is that um is there ever do you think you'll ever re redress that with uh, an English version? So if guys like me could understand the story lyrically. I, I well, actually, we were supposed we were supposed to do a, we're, we were supposed to do all of these songs. So the two of those songs ended up on Animal Drive album. And honestly, I think Deliver Me from the first Animal Drive record is 10 times better than the song that was on that Croatian album, we kind of upgraded it. The keyboard solo is better. There's a middle part. Listen to Deliver Me. You'll know. You'll know which song I'm talking about. Yeah. But um, for instance, the second song is called Gates of Eden, and that was also supposed to be on 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 the on the one of the new Animal Drive records. So I I wanted to use all of these songs on the future records. So I might even consider redoing this whole record once uh you know the 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 legal issues are solved um but yeah i was thinking about doing it because people in croatia that heard, that heard the album everybody loves loves it so yeah us, i well, i want to do it did you do you have uh, i mean i know that it's about um a, a war and and a, and a kid who gets sort of interred there for a time is that is that subject just particularly close to you because it's you know it's your own home country um, yeah, because, you know, we, we were in a war against Serbia, which is, you know, it, it's kind of ridiculous to talk about it since I wasn't even born when it happened. But uh, the guy that, that was uh, one of the prisoners uh, during the war, he wrote the book about it. So my album is following his book. So every song is a new chapter in the book. And that's what th that album was about. And, yeah. um, you know, reading the book, I kind of sensed what where it may lead. and. I was supposed to do music for theater because there's a show in a, in a, in a theater with the same title and I was supposed to do all the background music, but I, I ended up doing a conceptual album that went um, in stores with the book. So that's, that's the story with the album. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, here's, here's another sort of um, compliment to it, which is I, I love concept records because uh I love music that has a narrative component. It's probably why I'm drawn drawn to progressive music because progressive rock and metal musicians tend to to approach records more often as yeah. conceptual. Yeah. Um, what's unique? Not the only record, but but very few records um, that I they take real subject matter, like real something a real life thing, and treat something that's that's more on sort of a human. Um, um, loss and um, grief and, and tragedy level versus sort of sci-fi stuff. And I love the sci-fi stuff. Don't get me wrong. Um, but there's a substance to what you did here. So anyway, that's just another way of saying that um, I'm a big fan of that record and that music. And I look forward, hopefully, to having that um, come out in ways that we can experience it with English. English oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. English. Now that you now that you reminded me of the album, you know, Man, some of these songs, I remember working on the orchestral parts of, of those. It has about 200 channels of just keyboards in one song. There's like, I was playing uh, some sort of drum beats on the keyboard then putting reverbs and putting stuff. It was like, Jesus, I was 20 or 21. That's, that's actually, that's the, between 20 and 30 is when you, when you're like the most creative, which, which, um, well, kind of, kind of doesn't doesn't go doesn't agree with uh, with. I, I'm the most creative now that I that I can't release anything because I have tons of ideas with tons of people that I worked with. Um, but um, yeah, that would be a great idea to redo that whole album and just release it um, 
release it once again um, it, with the English lyrics. Because I already I, I did the, the main track on English, but I would love to redo it now with this experience and the, this voice. It's not the same when you sing with the, when you're 30 and when you're 20, you know, the voice just, it's not the same. Um, I, I think the I think the maturity of my voice now would give more and better experience to the, to the song yeah, uh, than back then. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much. I mean, that's, this is the, you know, the compliment of highest order because that's the album that I've done by myself with with my guys from croatia you know dirty shirley was done by george by george lynch and myself he did all the music i played keyboards and i did melodies and lyrics um animal drive first record was also uh, you know me trying to work for the first time as a band you know not putting myself in in front and like dictating everything so it was new but you know when i work everything myself i kind of know what i want that's why i always you know co-produce or produce every record that i do i i am never only a singer on the album yeah. unless I'm, I'm a guest like on magnus carlson's free fall or something like that yeah yeah i the the funny thing i heard you probably heard this too but the funny thing i heard on an interview that george lynch did after the dirty shirley album is he said man once i got uh, dino's vocals back i felt like i should have taken more time with the guitar <laughs> oh oh yeah he said that. Yeah, he he said that he should he should have up his game on the guitar. Up his game, that was, yeah. <laughs> that's that's like the craziest comment you can get from a guitar legend like like George. Yeah, I uh, the same. But I I remember listening to demos I, I, and and I sent him an email. I said, George, can you can you put more gain on, on guitar, please? And he never responded to my email. I was like, <laughs> George, George, this is a but his ideas are insane. Yeah, I have all I've all, you know, I love catchy music and stuff, but I, I always love to hear something new. So, you know, when I first heard song Dirty Blues, that was the first song that I got. I was like, oh, this is cool, kind of extremish, uh, pentatonic, blah, blah, blah. But then he sent me higher. And all of a sudden, there's like seven sections in the song. It's so weird. And I'm like, you know, you know, this is what I want. Something that's different. And the funny story is we got an argument with Frontiers. Frontiers didn't want to release that song as, as an album track. And George got pissed. And I kind of calmed the fire between him and uh, the main guy. And I told, you know, the guy from Frontiers, can we just at least put that song as a bonus track on digital market, on digital version of the album? And he said, yeah, sure. And I said, okay, so this song will be officially out. And I did a video from my room for that song. And that song has more views than any other Dirty Shirley song. If we don't count Here Comes the King, which was the official single. Right. And people and people wrote like, this is the best song on the album. And I was like, I knew I was right. This song was supposed to be on the physical, you know, version of the album. Yeah. But, you know, then there's I Disappear. That was the third single. Very corn meets Evanescence type of song. Uh, he played a seven string. He played a bizarre guitar solo on that track. Um, yeah, I, I think there's some, there's some stellar stuff on that Dirty Shirley album, there is. you know, considering that we never met in person and we, we've done everything over email. It's, it's quite mind blowing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they, of course they, they did some, some artful things when, with some of the video where I'm sure you were recording separately. Uh, I think it's yeah. a great record. I think it's, um, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to be sure we bring it up so that folks, because I know some people who hadn't even heard about that project. Um, so I wanna, we'll, we'll include links and everything to get people over to the material. Um, yeah. Let's shift a, a little bit. So you get this, um, I think this has been documented, but give us the short story on how the TSO thing came to be. Uh, 2016, uh, February, I, I remember my dad came into my room and he's like, have you heard of Trans-Siberian Orchestra? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Russell Allen, Jeff Scott Soto, Al Petrelli. I'm like, why? And he he's just standing and I'm like, please tell me they need a new guy in the band. He's like, yeah, they called you for audition. And I just immediately jumped and I told him, you know that I'm going to get this gig. There is no way I'm not getting this gig. And I'm like, which song? He's like... Uh, handful of rain from sabotage and I, and, I, and I told him play the song 
when the when the song started, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is literally the best audition song you can get. And I'm like, let me listen to it a couple of times. Oh, lyrics, okay. I sh I shaved and everything because they they love when you're shaved in the band. It's it's, it's ridiculous. And I set I set up a camera and they sent me only a piano track, and told me sing like it's a band thing, but just sing into a camera. Uh, grab a mic or something but we want to hear how you sound raw you know that's that's the point and i'm like wow these guys really know they you know they want to make sure everything is you know properly done uh, even without the band and stuff so i did two takes and i told him just send the first one you know the first cut is always the deepest so you know and he sent it and i was like oh jesus christ i could have done it better i didn't even warm up blah 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 so no answer for two weeks after two weeks, I got a message from Paul Neal. I love this. You know, um, I want, you know, you messed up lyrics. Can you do it one more time? Just don't mess up the lyrics. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Let, let me try again. I did it. And he said, look, I'm going to send you eight songs. I want you to come to Tampa, Florida. Um, I want to audition you live. So I learned eight different songs. One was gospel. One was acoustic. One was rock. One was more cinematic. And um, I remember when, when we started the audition, I started with the song called Good King Joy. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the song. Yeah, yeah I do, I know. You know, and the song, is, the song starts, you know, now it was long ago. I kind of lost my voice. I was recording a lot today, so don't mind, don't mind my singing today. <laughs> anyway, so, so I started really low. And... Um, our talent scout, Danielle, she's like, she said, you can sing that low. And she said, wow, we actually called you when we heard you singing high, but now that we know that you can sing low, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if, if she said, you know, I, I think you got the gig. I mean, you know, let's wait for Paul. So we did a couple of, um, couple of days of rehearsing uh, songs Christmas dreams and stuff like that and Paul Neal came you know he, he tried me on a couple of songs he was really like the most genuine guy I've worked with along with David Coverdale and uh, uh, we started working and he he pulled out a guitar and he said let me try on this song so we tried this song called hey can you hear me now apparently he tried everybody on that song from Steven Tyler John Oliva Ray Gillen and he could never find a voice he would be, you know, uh, happy with. Because the song starts really low, ends up really high. And he told me either singer would know how to do the low parts, but couldn't pull up, pull off the, the high parts or vice versa. And I could do both. I think I can do, do it properly now, but he really liked the way I did it back then. And he told me, you know, you, I think you got the song. And um, I was on my way to Tampa when he died so uh i was on my way to record that song for oh wow um, a future tso album and uh that morning when i was supposed to uh, fly he died so it was it was crazy and yeah. uh i actually recorded um some like it's like a, like a band version of that song uh, what year was that 2017 or 18 i think it was 18 um i did something with that song but it kind of stopped you know uh, we didn't touch that song ever since so i'm waiting to hear from from the um, from tso manager what's going on with that song you know because uh, uh, we did a tour i did it live uh with al Petrelli, but after that everything corona came everything stopped and we didn't hear anything from 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 tso i know i i guess this year tso is gonna do uh, a tour uh but yeah no no uh they didn't confirm anything so I'm, I'm still waiting home to find out but yeah tso pretty much opened the door and you know i met so many people and i sang with paul rogers on my first tour can you imagine that it's wow yeah it's it's i, I you know paul rogers and now david coverdale it's just it, it's surreal and paul rogers is paul rogers is also one of those guys still has the voice so has the presence and he's also a great guy genuine brought us presence i have i have a signed cd from paul rogers i gotta show you this it's somewhere on my shelf let, let me let me just find it uh oh there it is 
look at that. Oh, wow, man. <laughs> That's cool. That's crazy. So cool. Yeah, it's uh, TSO is, is a God-given gig, you know, uh, and uh, it's it, it, it became a family thing to me. And I love these guys. And, you know, I cannot wait to see all of them this winter if it happens. Nobody knows what's going to happen this winter. But, you know, I'd love to see those guys again. Yeah, hopefully COVID won't take a turn. I know there's a bunch of groups that are beginning to book tours this fall. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll yeah, keep our fingers crossed that you guys get out Absolutely. on the road. Um, yeah, and you usually sing in the uh, West Coast company, right? Yeah, so the West Coast is um, Al Picelli, Angus Clark, uh, Blas Silas from Slaughter, uh, John Lee Middleton, Vitali Kupri, uh, Jane Mangini, and it's uh, myself, Jeff Scott Soto, um, Nate Amor, uh, Andrew Ross, uh, John Brink, Chloe Lowry, Rose Larkuta, Jody Katz, Ashley Hollister, and April uh, Berry on vocals. There's a lot of singers, and uh, and um, and uh, we have a small um, we have a small um, Jesus Christ string section, and we have Asha Mevlana on 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 violin. It's yeah. a pretty big gang. So yeah, yeah, that's the that's the show I see when you come through town. I live in Seattle, so. Um... Uh, oh, cool. Cool, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, I've seen yeah, you guys. It, Go ahead. Seattle was the gig where, where Paul Rogers was our guest. Yeah, I remember. Have you, have, you seen, have you seen that gig? Yeah, I was there. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's yeah crazy. We, there, um, there was one, there was uh, one of the shows. Um, I know that Paul um, wasn't always there, but he was there that uh, at one of the shows. Uh, and it wow. was, yeah, it was, it was really cool. He came up on stage and um, I think, I can't remember which tune he played. It might've been one of the sap, old Sabotage tunes, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's where, yeah. that's where um, I first heard you sing was at, at one of those TSO shows. Uh, so that yeah, was, I was, yeah, I was, I, I was a different singer back then. I was, I was only 23. So, but <laughs> you live in Seattle. Wow. That's, I love Seattle, you know, never more heart. Soundgarden, Ellison Chains, Queensryche. Yeah, there's a lot of there's all lot my of, favorite bands are are there. You know. Well, that's the that's the reason I moved here was um, I moved here to train vocal train with the same guy that taught Jeff Tate because I'm like I I have to know how to sing like that. So wow. I, he cool. since pa passed away, but uh, I spent several years training with the, that guy, and he was everything you think about in sort of old um wisdom like he would stop stop all the singing stuff and start to tell you these inspirational stories uh that's that's how paul o'neill worked with us he always had a story behind everything and he was such a nice guy he was yeah. like the nicest guy ever and yeah just wanted to bring hope to people wanted to help people and you know we 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 miss him dearly every tour it, 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 it's hard you know without him and dave z who passed away uh, after my first tour, well, he died. In, he did die in a vehicle crash when he was touring with Adrenaline Mob. So yeah. we had two big losses in 2017, unfortunately. Yeah, I I talked to um, Russell Allen. I had him on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he talked a little bit about that and how he's actually writing some music to sort of continue to work through those feelings. So um, yeah, that yeah. was a, that was a a tragic year for loss. And I, I'll echo what you said about Paul at one of the, that showed that he was there. I got a chance to see him backstage and told him how much his music meant to me. And he pulled me into his private green room for 30 minutes, just encouraging me to follow my own dream. He didn't know me. Um, he gave me like special um, swag that only the crew got. I, I mean, just the most genuine, like generous guy ever. Um, so he was that guy. Yeah. He was the yeah. hero. Yeah. Well, yeah, and really you, was. and you, uh, I mean, you, and you, you deserve to be, to get, to get that gig. I mean, you had the voice uh, still do, of course, but um, those, those shows that I've seen you sing there, um, you just, you always, you're always on. Um, and I see, and I can appreciate that because I believe that the vocal, the vocalist um, has different challenges than other instrumentalists because their instruments biological. And so, yeah, yeah staying yeah. healthy on a tour with such a rigorous touring regimen singing songs that are athletic by nature um 
you know, from diet, all these sleep, all these things impinge upon the vocalist. So when you show up and sing and deliver these kinds of performances, in my mind, I'm just like, I have this like extra level of um, appreciation for what you do. So, um, yeah, it's true. It's true. But, you know, we take good, good care of us. Uh, we live a very healthy life, uh, you know, on days off we can party sometimes, but, okay. um, you know, people in the band are just, you know, um, it, it's pro, you know, you gotta be ready, you know, uh, uh, rock and roll, uh, rock and roll is, uh, is not about really not about drugs and that stuff. Cause you know, you can't really last with that. I mean, you yeah. can do, if you do drugs for like, I don't know, a week, you know, I, it's ridiculous. You can't uh, you can't survive the schedule if you're if you're getting drunk or doing drugs or you know not sleeping, not eating healthy. You gotta have a certain uh, healthy way of living if you want to be you know a part of this gang. When you're um when you're touring like that and doing so much vocal extra vocal work as you've described, do you have a certain things you do to to stay healthy on the road? not i don't have a, a certain diet that i'm following or something i just um uh, more, no, more in terms of like vocal like do you do you take a lot of care and warm up and warm down and those kinds of things that we hear about i i i don't warm up that's that's the funny thing i always go before the show when i used to do the song christmas dreams uh there's like this high part in the end the song doesn't sound that that that, that tough to sing but uh there's no break for for breath and then you have this every hope every hope every when it when it comes to that part it's always like oh jesus christ that note seems so so high just because you lack some breath so with with years i kind of learned um how to get it even though if even if i'm short with breath so i always before the show i go to a certain toilet or or place in arena where i can shout just to see where i'm at then I know, you know, how it's going to sound. But uh, yeah. um, I mean, I just live a normal, healthy life. I sleep normally. I sleep too much. That's what the guys from TSO would say. Um, but yeah, no, I don't have, I don't have a certain routine. I just, I live a normal life and that's it. Yeah. It's interesting to hear that you don't do a lot of particular vocal warm up. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's crazy. Um. So I want to ask you about a solo song you did um, called Father. Um, you've done a bunch of solo work, but that particular tune struck me. Um, like it's, there's a lot of emotion nested inside that song. Is that, and I don't want to pry, but is that flow from like your own personal affection for your dad? Yeah, so the, the story goes way back in 2012. Well, looks like I was really creative that that year. I was twenty. Um, um, yeah, he was. Uh, you know, we've been through a lot as a family. Uh, um, you know, we've been through a lot because uh, my parents have been involved and have pushed me in my career since I was a little kid. And my father was leading me all this way. And uh, at one point, he he was like really stressed out. Um, it's yeah, it's a long story that I. It's, it, it's hard to share. Uh, we were kind of uh, invested in in uh, in um, in many things before I turned twenty, and some things never came back. Uh, investments never came back, and it started to get quite um, weird and depressing and stuff. And I remember that he had some heart problems. He ended up in in hospital because his heart was like beating really, really fast and stuff like that. And I think that night I wrote the chorus. I had this chorus in my mind and I, I wanted to um, give him that song for his birthday. And um, I remember I, I did a demo. I played every instrument and I played it to his friend who was my booking agent at that time. And I played him that song and he started crying like a baby. And I was like, please stop crying. This is, it's just a song. Don't do this. He's like, you know, this is the song. Blah blah blah, and I never re and I didn't do it until 2015. Um, and I remember receiving the first mix of the song and just thinking, "Wow, this!" You know, I still think that you know, if that song was properly promoted, that song could have been huge. That song could have been as big as "Is This Love" or "November Rain," but you know, it came out on the first album. Frontiers didn't even consider putting it as a single. 
it's uh, it's on the album and it's um, it's there. Nobody knows about it. Um, and uh, you know, I've, I've been thinking about doing an acoustic version of it and putting it on YouTube. I, I recently did uh, "Dirty Blues." It, it was received really well. So I'm thinking about doing "Father" only with the acoustic guitar, one take, and putting it on YouTube just to remind people of of, of that song. It, it really means a lot to me, and people love the song. And yeah, it's uh, I wrote it when when I felt that you know when I felt that my father needed that song, I, I wrote it. So it was uh, it was almost ten years ago. Yeah, it's yeah. um, all of the all of what you describe. Like we don't know. I didn't know the story, but the sort of emotional ingredient is there and i think you're right i think that song could be really big i definitely encourage you to find a way to to and obviously us sharing it here will hopefully help but um through through what will now become your growing set of fans and and opportunity to to reach people that's a song man i i i encourage you to to get back out there in some way i think it could really land it's got the emotional power yeah thank you i i agree with you i mean it's all about you know, it's all about the emotion in the end. If it hits you, you know, you know, you did a good job. So yeah, yeah, that song, that song definitely has something. So I always come back to it. And when I, when I hear it again, it's like, wow, there's really something about this. So yeah, I'm, 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 I might redo it one day and re-release it, re-release, release it um, when the time comes. Cause obviously it came out, uh, it wasn't promoted well. And, you know, not many people knows about it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, I saw you make a, a comment, um, I don't know, Facebook or something, but that you had written as many as maybe 50 songs. Um, and so there's all yeah. this wealth of material. Is that, is that stuff still, is your plan the same for how you're going to record and release that now with the white snake thing? Or do you have to sort of modify your release plans? Well, uh, Right now, I'm not releasing anything because I'm, um, oh, I'm in a, I'm, yeah, I'm in a legal yeah. process. But uh, man, it's, it, I would love to sh just show you the ideas. I think you would go mad because most of the stuff is really, is really progressive, progressive, but not in a way that it's you know seven minutes of. <laughs> it's just it's it it just takes you places. It's it's not you know changing. Uh, changing uh, from four four to seven eight to six eight and to three four, uh, you know every 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 second every second. But it's 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 just it's a, it just starts in a certain way that that just goes somewhere else and it comes back and just surprises you all the time. But it's very catchy and you know I'm keeping all the good ideas for the right time. Um, and uh, some of the lyrics are really. You know, very, very personal. I also am a fan of sci-fi, but I think personal lyrics hit a lot more because people can relate to it. If you write songs about something that's, you know, non-existing, uh, it can be cool, but, you know, people might not really get it. You know, they might not be hit by it. So, yeah, yeah. you're, that, you're yeah. exactly right. I think the only way that that becomes emotionally resonant is if you do a concept where you have enough time to, uh, build sympathy for the characters. Because um, if you try and cover yeah. that much emotional territory in one song, it, people just don't relate. But when you start to talk like like your song Father and this all this material, um, and I was going to just for folks that, because um, I didn't say it out loud, out loud, the autobiographical novel is called 260 Days by Marjan Gubina. I probably screwed that name up. <laughs> Uh, but this is the this is the the person who was uh, in the internment camp. Um, but the point the point I was making is that stuff like there's enough sort of common ground for emotionally that when you start to sing those, um, I think they just land. They're more accessible emotionally. So um, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you can do technical stuff if it's if it's emotional enough uh you can pull it off but if it's on a pure technical level uh and it's and it's just that um it, it can be very you know math you know like a math metal yeah. and uh i have no problem with it actually i um 
I actually was doing during this Corona thing, which is still going on. I was, I decided to do something really different. I decided to take, take a complex instrumental tracks that were previously released and add vocals to it to kind of turn it into a song. So I, I, I took Virgil Donati track, Kiko, Liquid Tension Experiment, and, uh, you know, it, it came out amazing, you know. All of a sudden, yeah. the songs, you could hear those songs with vocals, and you couldn't, nobody could imagine those songs with vocals. I remember when I, when Portney heard Liquid Tension Experiment, and Jordan, Jordan, Jordan told me, man, I have, you know, smile. I, I've been smiling ever since you started singing over this background. It's, and it's, that I was, think it's, that was yeah. Frame Shift. Yeah, 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 yeah Frame Shift. I saw it, man. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's actually the video that covered El So, and he was like, "Wow, that's 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 what I've heard." Oh wow, so, that's yeah, cool. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. That, this this idea that we're talking about. Um, so Dream Theater, which is a favorite group of mine, um, they did that album, The Astonishing, and I got to novelize that. I wrote the novel with John uh, to that to that record. And that was what I was talking about where John, it's like 36 songs and they're able to establish um, some emotional value inside this character. So you can, you can sympathize with them as they go through tragedy. Um, but in a single song, like, like father, like you get to that emotional place quickly because we all have, most of us have sort of a common denominator with that. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, anyway, that's just a re restatement. Um, you know, I think you, you possess the ability to, to describe and communicate this emotional uh, stuff. Just, just by the way, just as cool as it is to sort of do the big rock thing, um, which you're gonna be doing plenty of with Whitesnake. Um, um, speaking of which, we have some tour dates announced already, right? Uh, yeah, we have UK dates uh, for May, 2022. That's all I know for now. And okay. Hellfest is in June. So yeah, that's that's, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, I think I saw something that they're we're kind of waiting on broader European announcements. And of course, the, us in the States are hoping that that comes our way. Um, yeah, I, I think States will be uh, later on that year. I'm not sure. So I don't want to confirm anything without management confirming it. But I, I mean, we got to play States. Yeah, I mean, especially if this if, if this is the last time we see David on on the stage with Whitesnake, it would be tragic if he didn't come and uh, play the play the, um, for the American audience. Um, no, it, it's going to happen. I'm sure. I'm sure it's going to happen. So um, to, got to just a couple of quick questions in closing. So we, we kind of understand there's some limbo with some of the your own material, given the circumstance with the, yeah. the label. Um, other than the white snake um, thing that we know is coming, what's next for you musically? Is there is there other stuff that we can anticipate from you, whether it's collaborative or solo work? Oh man, yeah, uh, I can talk about it about that as much as I can talk about my music now, because okay, uh, the legal stuff um, got a bit out of control from from uh, the other side. So uh, until that is solved. Um, it's gonna be hard to do. It's gonna be hard to work. I have some some things planned for a long, long time. That that you know, some albums have been um, in works and stuff, but now everything is on hold until we solve this situation. So, uh, so both sides can move on clearly. So, yeah. once that is clear, I'll give you a full information about everything you want to know. There's there have been some amazing, amazing calls I've been getting. Um, and, uh, there will be some albums that I was supposed to be on, which I didn't end up on, unfortunately. Uh, but, uh, there's going to be, I, I'm sure there's going to be some, some really cool gigs in the future, um, judged by the calls that I've been getting for the past yeah. two yeah, years. I'm, yeah, I'm so, sure yeah. that's true. Is it, is, uh, but you, but when we, you came in at the start of the show, you have been recording are you are you just continuing to stockpile music that you're writing until the day comes when you can release it actually i'm recording something for somebody else right now but i oh, wrote okay. uh, i wrote um lyrics and melodies um it's it's um it's gonna be very cool that's gonna come out really soon and um uh, i think my do it with jeff scott soto is gonna come out uh in in, in like a month or two 
because we did a, he did like a do it's album yeah I so just it, 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 it features me on don't let it end um we were supposed to do music video but it was uh it was it was pulled out by by the label so yeah uh, i think i think eric um the singles will be the ones with eric martin and dean castronova I'm, I'm not sure so this is i think the song came out today with eric martin and there's Dean Castronova on the album, Russell Allen, myself, Nathan James, and uh, Mats Levin. And uh, who else? Alirio Neto from Shaman. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool album. Uh, I remember hearing it for the first time when Jeff sent, sent it to me. Jeff is such a great guy and, uh, you know, a, a great friend. And, you know, I idolized him since I was a little kid. So it's an honor to work with him, too. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that record um, starting to get promoted, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, and I love Jeff's voice too. So we'll watch for that, and we'll watch. Oh, for he's your amazing. Duet. Yeah, he's yeah he's he's a guy. There's a, there's a there's a group of singers that I could name, and you could name like yourself that have that that really great classic rock sound. It's got some grit in the voice and got some power and range. Um, and of course, Jeff's one of those guys. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so Jeff the last. Yeah, he's a he's yeah, he's a he's and he he's done so many great things himself. Um Absolutely. So the, my last question is uh, that I ask everybody is is there is it could be a creative thing, but it could be non-creative. Is there some kind of mountain uh, endeavor you want to undertake maybe down the road when time permits? Um it could be non-musical, it could be creative but not musical. Is there something in your life you hope to achieve that uh um when time allows? Hmm. Outside the music, it could be. It could be like you could say, "Hey, man, someday I want to be lead in a musical," you know, which is a different thing. Also, could be, "Hey, someday I oh, want to." I, I, I actually, I actually want to. I actually want to write music for for. Uh, I want to. I want to. I want to score. Ah, like for film. I want to. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm a huge fan of uh, of. Uh, I finished Music Academy, so that that part of me wants to kind of shoot, you know. It's 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 uh, I'm I'm really a mess uh, because my singing influences are different from my keyboard influences. So when I write songs next to keyboard, uh, it's different from when I write songs, you know, with the guitar. When when I write it on guitar, it, it's always rip driven. When I put keyboards, all of a sudden it becomes more fusion, more proggy. I th I think it's it's a cool thing because it's a yeah. blend of two different things, but. Uh, there's a lot I want to do musically in my life. I don't want to stick to rock only. There's a lot of, you know, there's fusion, there's pop, there's uh, bluesy stuff, there's extreme metal stuff. I want to, there's so many things I want to do. Uh, some of the calls that I've been getting are pretty extreme. I got a call from a black metal artist. He wants me on track. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's getting crazy and it's getting even more crazy, but, um, other than music, I uh, I spend a lot of time actually playing table tennis. Table tennis is actually my uh, my main thing outside music, and I'm a huge tennis fan. I probably watch more tennis than I than than music. So you know, wow, yeah, I'm a huge Roger Federer fan. Yeah, so uh, so you've been watching the Olympic tennis? Oh, after? absolutely. Yeah, but he, I mean, he's not playing, but. To be honest with you, I think Djokovic is going to take over the world after this year. He's been just brilliant, and uh, uh, he's a great guy. And well, he's a Serbian, so so you know we we pretty much speak the same language. Uh, and now Croatians are going to kill me for saying this, but uh, I don't care. It's it's all about what kind of person you are. And I've been watching Djokovic on. He had a, a tour in Croatia last year, and uh, then. All of a sudden, uh, coronavirus kind of blew up after the, after the tournament. So everybody was like pointing fingers at Djokovic, but he's a, such a nice guy and a great guy. So, yeah, I love tennis. Tennis is kind of you know, when when tennis is in the house and some some of my favorite players are, pl are playing, uh, I want everybody out of the house so I can watch it, you know, in peace. All right. So are you also a player? I am, but you also I play tennis. I play tennis. My father used to be a tennis coach, but uh, I play table tennis a lot more. Like I play table tennis every day for about two, three hours. That's my thing. You well, actually, you can ask Russell Allen. He's gonna hate me for saying this, but uh, yeah, he had a he had a pretty 
bad defeat against me on the last tour when we played ping pong. But it's 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 I, I've been practicing a lot. He's been playing that for fun. But uh, yeah, yeah. I table yeah, tennis he, is like my my main passion. I would love to have seen that because I know from a conversation with him that he was he was a sports guy. He still coaches his son, and he he's he's an oh athlete. yeah yeah so. Yeah. Yeah. It was football, yeah. football. So, but, but still I can, t I know that the competitive nature in him, I would have loved to see that fun ride. Oh, 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 he's so competitive, man. It's we're going, <laughs> if TSO happens this year, I'm going to do an Instagram live stream, Russell against myself in a ping pong match. You, you got to see that. that yeah. He's, awesome. and he's such a funny guy. I love Russell. He's also one of the best singers I've heard on God's yeah. earth. He's, yeah, he's one of those guys yeah. that um, in that group, absolutely. Well, hey, yeah. man, um, oh, yeah. you, you've been very generous with your time. Um, thanks so much for, for uh, speaking with us today. And again, congratulations so much on this, this uh, new venture. Thanks, man. White Snake. It's really cool. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, anytime you want to find out something new, if I'll be able to talk about it, you can always count on me. So, yeah, there's right. that. Well, let me uh, let me play the outro here. Stick on, if you will, just so I can say a personal goodbye. Uh, but until then, man, right. thank you so much. Thank you.